from 99.9 The Fan. This is The Drive with Tim Donnelly. Sponsored by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. Alongside Brian Murphy, Dennis Cox with you this afternoon on 99.9 The Fan. If you miss any of the show, check it out on the best of 99.9 The Fan podcast. Also, go on 99.9 The Fan's YouTube page as well. You can check out some of the latest stuff we put out there, including Luis Fernandez and I yesterday, Brian Murphy. The inaugural Fanny Awards. Give, That's right. We gave out a lot of fannies yesterday. Give, give me an example. What 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 won a fanny? Best game. So we went we went back 365 days. Is this in the triangle or, or anywhere? Just across the state of North Carolina. Okay. Across the state of North Carolina. Best game, App State UNC football. Oh. That was the best game. I was going to say NC State UNC football. Oh, that was my best rivalry game. Okay. So we had a best rivalry game and also best game as well. Coach of the year. We both had Rob Rindamore. Best team, Carolina Hurricanes. Fair. Yeah. I think those are fair. So, yeah, we well, we could dive into this a little bit more later Over on. John Shire. Well, I mean, Carolina Hurricanes have the second best record in the entire NHL. That's true. And got to the Easter Conference Finals. So, yeah. We'll get into the, we'll get into the awards a little bit later on. Don't you worry. We'll dive back into the fannies here in just a little while. But... I mentioned the Carolina Hurricanes. That's going to kick things off here, actually, at number five. I got five on it. All right, so what's the latest with the Carolina Hurricanes, Brian Murphy? Nothing. There's nothing. We still don't have Vladimir Tarasenko. There's no Eric Carlson. Haven't seen anything yet with the Tony D'Angelo trade, which now I'm starting to think that's not going to happen. Brett so, Pesci is still a Brett member Pesci's of the Carolina Hurricanes. Brady Shea also still a Carolina Hurricanes. So, yeah, no updates. That's it. So, people are wondering, hey, what's the latest for the Canes? I will say this, though, Brian Murphy. I don't think this team is done. I what, don't think this team is done making moves. What's kind of amazing is just that that rush after, you know, right right at the beginning of free agency. Yeah. And now, even across the league, it's not just the Hurricanes. There was this huge rush, tons of transactions, and now everything has slowed to a crawl. And I've got to attribute that to the cap situation in the league. That that teams are, some teams are having to cut salary, other players are saying, "Hey, I'm worth a lot more than I'm getting offered," and teams are saying, "Well, you're not because there's just not enough cap space, you know, around the league to accommodate what salary you thought you were going to get." So this is where we're seeing a lot of guys sign shorter term contracts. Right. So some of the top free agents, for example, Dimitri Orlov, who signed with Carolina, just signed for two years. Now Carolina overpaid, I think, in terms of per per year. But he's willing to take that. Now, okay, I'm going to make a lot these next two years. Chance to win a Stanley Cup. He's going to be 33 years old. Cap's going to be much higher in two years than it is right now. Okay, you're banking on yourself. And he's still going to make a pretty penny here in Carolina. Tyler Bertuzzi, one of the top free agent forwards, signed a one-year contract. Shane Gostaspare, former Carolina Hurricane, who was like, I'm going to go to free agency because he didn't want to play third defensive pair of minutes. I totally get that. He's a top four. He's a top four defensive. The he's a top four defenseman. He signed a one-year deal with Detroit. So we're seeing a lot of one-year contracts for guys because the salary cap is going to jump up four or five million dollars next year, Brian Murphy. So that think a lot of guys are going to sign a one-year deal and then maybe next year, you know, kind of bank on themselves, bet on themselves then sign that three- or four-year contract next year. We don't know exactly what happened with Tarasenko, but the fact that he switched agents in the middle of this 
seems to indicate to me that the offers that he thought he was going to get when he went to free agency are not the offers that he was getting. And so, you know, that's why that's why people switch agents. They're unhappy with the with the offers that they're getting. I you know, tough decisions coming for a lot of these guys. Do we take do I take a short deal? Maybe yeah. I can get more more money if I go to a team that's not so good. Like, but are you willing to do that? Right. Are you, how much do you value winning? How much do you value the long term security? How much do you value you know short term, but maybe a, a little higher salary? A lot of factors go into play when you're talking about a a closed system. There's only so much money in that system. It's not like baseball where, you know, the Yankees can offer you 360 and the Dodgers can offer you 370, mm-hmm. um, and and it doesn't affect what the Rangers can do or what the Astros can do. Uh, in this system, there's only a finite amount of money to go around. And, you know, if it goes to somebody else, it's not going to you. So, Tarasenko this past season made, I think his, his average annual value of his contract was just under $8 million. Somewhere around like 7.7, if I remember correctly off the top of my head. Kane's at $2.5 million in catch space <laughs> right now. So, either you're willing to take a little less, but again, I don't think that this team is done making moves because you don't sign Dmitry Orlov to that. He's your highest paid defenseman. You don't pay him all that money to get third defensive pair of minutes. You don't, you don't pay him that to skate 16 minutes a night. You just don't. And we saw this, you know, the several Hurricanes players came back on lower deals. So I, we we're, we are some seeing, of them did yeah we're, yeah we're seeing what the market is forcing some of these guys to do mm-hmm. um, and I think you're right but you know if you're gonna bring in if you're gonna bring in somebody somebody on this team probably has to go out yeah and the the name floating around is Brady Shea I'm sorry is, is Brett Pesci he gets the most value because being a right-handed defenseman who can play in your top four great penalty killer bit of offensive upside and he only makes f- just over four million dollars. But he's, now he's, he's in the final year of his right. contract, but you can get a lot of value, and he's 28 years old. You could probably sign him to a long-term deal uh, after this season. But we'll see what he does in Carolina. Because right now, and we, we won't stay on this too long, but right now you've got Burns and Slavin as your number one pair. Yeah. And Orlov and, and some, Pesci. And Pesci as your number And that means Brady Shea is on your third, third, your third pairing. I mean, Brady Shea had 18 goals last season. <laughs> You it's, know, I mean, it's, when I hear all that and look, I don't, you know, it, I, I'm not as up to date with the Hurricanes as you are. But when I hear all that, I say, you've got to trade a defenseman. Like, yeah, because you can <laughs> you can add a quality forward potentially. But here's the thing. You got Slavin, Burns, Pesci, Shea, Orlov, Chatfield. I'm sorry. That's as good as it gets defensively in the NHL. As good as it gets. Do you have to make a move then? You don't have to. You're under the cap right now. You don't have to make a move. Right, and you're set at goalie. I mean, yeah. we, we saw that. You brought back Anderson. And Ronta. Right, and, and Ronta. Off. Right, and so you've got depth there. You've got some depth that certainly you're six deep at, at defense. Oh, yeah. And probably with a little depth there, too. And, and you've added a couple of forwards in free agency. Mm-hmm. So could you go into the season with this team? Yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, be, and be the Stanley Cup favorites? Yeah, you'd be one of them. Be high up there. Maybe this is it. I'm okay with it. All right, next up. One of the four, all of the four, or half of the four. SEC Commissioner Greg Sankey got a contract extension from the conference. He's going to be with the the conference for the next four years. uh, Or, I'm sorry, through the next about five years, through about 2028. Greg Sankey, instrumental in the college football playoff expansion. 
instrumental in terms of the amount of money the SEC is making with their deal with ESPN. So you know what? Man deserves an extension. <laughs> Man deserves to get paid because you know why? All the schools, part of the SEC, including the ones coming in, are making a lot more money because of Greg Sankey and the moves that he has made and the deals that he has helped make. Yeah, and I think this is probably the last deal. I mean, he. Yeah. I, I think he's 68 years old right now. So this deal will carry him till he's 74. Uh, yeah. You know, if I'm doing the math right. Uh, that seems, yeah, seems like a good time to retire. Your your baby, the the 12-team playoff is launched. Yep. Texas and Oklahoma are integrated into your league. You're set up. That might be one more television contract, and you turn maybe that next expansion decision over to your successor. Not a bad life. Not a terrible life. And 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 it's sort of the I, I don't want the czar of college football right now. Like he is the go-to guy when. You have a question about college football. Greg Sankey is the most powerful voice in the room, uh, particularly because the Big Ten just changed commissioners. So yeah. he is the most powerful person right now in college football. That, that's quite quite a legacy. All right, next up. One, two, three. Speaking of college sports, we'll stick with the ACC now. Bubba Cunningham, UNC Athletic Director. It was announced earlier today that he is going to be the vice chair of the NCAA Tournament Selection Committee. He's been part of the selection committee for the last three seasons. Correct me if I'm wrong, Brian Murphy. That's right, and and not very normal three years. No. COVID year and, and after COVID year, so. It's been a wild time. <laughs> but he's going to be the vice chair this year, and he's going to be the head, the chair in 24-25. So he's moving up in terms of his uh, position, I guess you can say for lack of a better term, with the NCAA selection committee. Now the big question around the NCAA tournament is, do we expand? There's been a lot of conversations of going to 96 or even 128 up from the 68 that we have right now. I will say this. I don't think that's a good idea because what's the big problem with college basketball in the regular season right now? Getting people interested, right? So I, I get I get the mindset of, well, people are interested in the NCAA tournament, so let's make that bigger. But now you actually devalue what the majority of your season is, and that's your regular season. I think, you know what, keep it at 68, it's okay. It works just fine right now. What what I think um, Cunningham's greatest impact on this committee might be is mm -hmm. what happens to the net. Yeah. He is not a huge fan. Of, nobody is a huge fan of the net. And I think – Because no one knows what it is. Right. I think that's the problem. It, it feels like it can be gamed in some ways. It, oh, you could, you could work the system. And it also seems strange that, you know, you know it, it, Clemson beat NC State three times last year. And those they beat them at home, away, and neutral and site. Neutral site, yeah. And they didn't get in the tournament, and NC State got in the tournament, and NC State had a better net because largely because NC State had a better net. And you're like, what are we doing here, guys? Yeah. And I'm not saying NC State didn't deserve it or whatever, but you know, if you're Clemson, you're saying, hold on, we beat you home, road, and neutral. Like, shouldn't that matter more than this computer formula that we really don't understand? That says that mm -hmm. the Mountain West teams are unbelievable and that all 10 teams in the Big 12 deserve to be in the tournament. Well, we, I mean, Ohio State for a while was super high in the net rankings. They're a below 500 team. 
Yeah. You it, know, so it's like, what are we doing here? Like, you you win a game, and by winning a game, you actually drop in net rankings depending on who you're playing. It's just stupid. Well, the fact that, like, North Carolina had no, you know, quad one wins, and then somebody won on the other side of the country, which pushed one of their old wins up to a quad one. So today they have a quad one win. Yesterday they didn't. Tomorrow yeah. they might not. I, it really is a bad system, and, and it – you know, Bubba Cunningham is now going to be in a position to change that system or to drastically alter it or to say, hey, this year let's focus on X instead of net. Um, will he use that opportunity? I, I, that that will certainly be something to watch over the next couple of years. We saw, for example, the Mountain West game the system a little bit. For example, Nevada went on the road and played at Kansas. Now they lost that game, but because they played such a high-profile team, that, you know what, it helped Nevada a lot. So when Nevada goes and plays Mountain West games because they got a boost from playing Kansas on the road in Lawrence, well, guess what? Everyone else that they played in their conference got a boost from that too. So it's not only that, but then I think they're regular season champs, I think, in the Mountain West, if I remember correctly. But because how high they finished in their conference, well, that also then in turn helped Kansas. So when they're playing other Big 12 schools, they also got to feed off of that too. So that's kind of where, again, where things can get gamed. If you win a certain percentage of your non-conference games, you win these games at neutral site or on the road, it's it's all one convoluted mess. Yeah, and, and then it becomes, you know, it becomes to the point where if you have a lot of success in non-conference, then your conference just gets boosted every time. Exactly. When you play this true round robin. And then you're just feeding yourself. Right, and it doesn't account for, okay, we weren't great in November. We're much better in February, but the net is already baked in. It's, it's a difficult – look. The selection committee is a very difficult job. Deciphering all the numbers that are out there is very difficult. Will be interesting to see how what changes over the next two years with Bubba Cunningham. Louisville and Florida State having terrible non-conference schedule, like non-conference seasons, killed the ACC oh, because yeah. when they come into the ACC, they have these super low net ratings. And it just drags everyone else down when you play them. I also don't want it to make it sound like we're we're making excuses. North Carolina had plenty of opportunities oh, yeah. to play their way into the tournament. And they didn't. And they didn't. Uh, you know, Clemson, you know, certainly took care of business against NC State, but there were games where they didn't take care of business. So, look, if you're in a power conference like the ACC, you have plenty of chances to win your way in. Oh, yeah. No matter what system they use. But, I, but this system I don't think is serving the sport well. All right, next one. And I don't even care. Who number two is? Speaking of the ACC, let's switch things over to football. In, in about 10 days, Brian Murphy, I'm going to be down in Charlotte. I don't know if you're heading down there too, but ACC football media days are going to be taking place. The Big 12 media days are taking place right now. But one school, I'm going to say ACC school, quotes ACC school, <laughs> that's going to have a big impact on the conference is Notre Dame because Notre Dame – has matchups this upcoming season of football at NC State. They're at Duke. They're home against Clemson. I'm sorry, they're at Clemson. They're home against Wake Forest. They're home against Pitt. So they also are on the road at Louisville as well. So they actually have a lot of games inside the ACC this season in terms of local, you know, local interest. Last season they went to North Carolina again at NC State at Duke this upcoming season. And again, as I mentioned home against Wake Forest. It's not often that we see Notre Dame play three schools from the state of North Carolina in one year. This might be a first ever. But their former quarterback of Wake Forest, Sam Hartman, spoke to ESPN today. He was on SportsCenter about his decision to leave Wake Forest and go to Notre Dame. Notre Dame is you know, a very prestigious 
not just the university, but also in athletics and especially in football. You know, you've seen the movies, you understand growing up that Notre Dame is um, a special place in a lot of people's hearts that might not even have been to Notre Dame, might have been a um, relative or a grandfather or somebody um, has a connection to Notre Dame. And I think that was a, a big part of it. And then I think um, also what's part of it was just the opportunity to play football again. Um, I think last year was tough just based on the fact that I almost never played the game again. And the love for the game grew even more um, out of not having it. Sam Hartman, part of the, the carousel of quarterbacks that yeah. we saw, right? Devin, Devin Leary is now at Kentucky. Sam Hartman from Wake Forest went to um, went to Notre Dame, of course. Brennan Armstrong from Virginia down to <laughs> NC State. Yeah, I mean, we're this is what the transfer portal is going to give us. Yeah. It's going to give us you know quarterback roulette a little bit year to year. Um, and I think it's going to create a lot of uncertainty, like in the mm-hmm. league. You, we, we talk about who might be favored in the ACC. Clemson and Florida State certainly jump to mind. Um, Florida State does have a quarterback returning. Clemson sort of has a quarterback returning. Cade Klubnick uh, came into the ACC title game against North Carolina. And played quite well. And then played in the bowl game. And so he's the returning starter, but uh, DJU is is out at Oregon State now. So um, even Clemson's had some, some, some movement at the quarterback position. I think that's why you see, because of the quarterback, that's why you see North Carolina as the number three pick mm-hmm. in the ACC. People say Drake May, Heisman Trophy finalist, projected top two, top three NFL draft pick. Okay, we'll, we'll put North Carolina at number two. Yeah. Or number three. Yeah, Clemson, Florida State. But it's weird because Louisville has the same betting odds as UNC does when yeah. it comes to winning the conference. So this I, I saw it on DraftKings earlier today. So I'm using using their numbers. UNC's chances to win the ACC are plus 1,000 bet. Plus 1,000. Louisville has the same betting odds. I'm sorry, what does Vegas know that I don't <laughs> about Louisville right now? Because last time I checked, their quarterback's gone. They got a transfer in from Purdue. Okay. And from Cal. I'm sorry, and from Cal. Okay. Uh, last time I checked, Drake May is a Heisman <laughs> Trophy candidate and is projected to be one of the top three picks, two picks. In the upcoming NFL draft, along with Caleb Williams from USC. So, and also, Mac Brown is an established coach. Maybe I don't know much about Brom as a head coach at Louisville right now. I don't know. Maybe it's this. Okay. What Louisville does not play Clemson. That's true, they don't. Louisville does not play Florida State. Nah, that's a good point. Louisville uh, does not play North Carolina. Hmm. So, you know, yeah, the schedule, the schedules, you know, their their conference games are Georgia Tech, Boston College, okay. NC State, mm-hmm. Pittsburgh, Duke. They, they do have somewhat of a challenging. Non- they also play Virginia Tech, Virginia and Miami non-conference. They play Kentucky, Notre Dame, Indiana and Murray State. I, I don't there's no, a solid non-conference schedule, yeah. but they're in conference schedule. And they, yeah, I mean, like, so, you know. When you look when you go game by game, yeah, there's a couple of, of toss up games, but then there's a lot of games you think they should win. You think they should beat Boston College. You think they should probably beat Georgia Tech. Uh, you know, Pittsburgh, Notre Dame. I mean, Pittsburgh, NC State, Duke. Uh, you know, we'll kind of see what happens. You think they should beat Virginia? They're they got Virginia Tech at home. Yeah, I mean, so I think schedule is playing a, a big part in, in some of this. So you get to avoid Clemson, avoid Florida State, and avoid North Carolina. Makes your schedule a little easier. That's a fair point. All right, let's get to the number one. I am number one. We actually have a place 
another place to watch ACC games, not on Bally Sports. So ACC games, we see them often on ESPN, ESPN2, the ACC Network. Well, for football and basketball games, we saw the quote-unquote, they call them the third-tier games. So, for example, when NC State plays VMI. That game would be on Bally Sports in the past, but aha, not anymore. We're going to the CW, folks. Going to the CW. I, I say that somewhat jokingly, but I actually think this is a good thing, Brian Murphy, yeah, because well, the CW, I can watch that in a lot of places. Yeah, let the jokes begin, right? There's yeah, let, been- let the jokes fly. That's fine. You know what? I throw in some Flash jokes, Supergirl, yeah. you know, Riverdale. Throw those jokes. That's fine. That's okay. <laughs> I don't care. But you know what? The CW is available on YouTube TV. It's on Spectrum. It's on Hulu. It's on a lot of different – it's over the air. It's on a lot of different platforms. So guess what? When you have those games that you used to not be able to watch, whether it's football or basketball, now it's a lot easier to watch them. And this is a good thing because I think it's important for 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 conferences, for franchises to make sure that they can have their product accessible to as many people as possible. Yeah. And it's easy to find as possible. No, I think I think this is a good move for the ACC. This Raycom carve-out, which is probably the best way to describe it, where Raycom gets the rights to some games mm-hmm. from ESPN, uh, ends in 2027. So we've only got a couple years left of this. And I think the CW is as good an answer as any that the ACC could have come up with because Bally's has already, had already decided they were dropping this package of games. Yeah. And ESPN can't get these back. It's, they've decided it's not in their interest to buy buy this little sub package of games back. I think we're talking about fifty games across football, men's basketball, and women's basketball. Um, Thirteen football games. We're talking about one a week. And the fact that you know it was possible that the NC State VMI game would not really be accessible to anybody, um, to any viewing public if you're not at Carter Finley that day. And now it will be. CW gets a lot of jokes. It's kind of a teen girl network. Uh, now they're getting into sports coverage. They're, they're they're showing live golf tournament events. So you know, insert your own jokes there. They've been rumored to be involved with the Pac-12. You know, Pac-12 is looking for a linear uh, network to show their games. It doesn't look like Fox. Doesn't look like ESPN is going to get involved. The CW is in a lot of major markets, and and so is the Pac-12. Yeah. And so, is it ideal? Wouldn't you? Would you rather be on ESPN as your primary if you're the Pac-12? Well, of course. Yeah. But, you know, as far as getting people to actually watch your games, mm-hmm. you can do a lot worse than the CW, like Peacock, for instance. Yeah, that's the thing, because those are stuck behind paywalls. Right. A lot more people get the CW than will ever get Peacock. That's true. That's a fair point. I, the This is why I say the, the Big Big Ten, their deals coming up with CBS, Fox, or mostly Fox, but then CBS and a little bit of NBC, Yeah, those are on every platform they're all over the air as well. Those are major networks. And guess what? If I'm flipping through the channels and I want to watch college football and I'm like, well, I can't find the ACC game, but I'm flipping through like, and I see a, a Big Ten game matchup that a couple names that I know. It's like, oh, it's uh, it's Penn State in Wisconsin. I'll probably tune on. I'll probably tune into that as opposed to, you know, having to, like, dig through like and try and, like, if it, if it makes it difficult for me to go find something, I'm just going to f- most likely tune into what's easier to watch. Yeah, they, what I will be interested to see is um, basketball. Now, certainly yeah. we know football drives the bus and all this stuff, but basketball, to take to take the Big Ten games off of ESPN 
and put the vast majority of them on Peacock or the Big Ten Network, what is that going to do? We talked about the NCAA selection committee and all that. What is that going to do mm-hmm. to you know to to the Big Ten brand? If you're not putting Indiana on on Big Monday or Big Tuesday, if you're not seeing Ohio State on those CBS games, yeah, um, you know what is going to happen to Big Ten basketball? Would fans of the ACC be okay with you know a streaming service having all your basketball? You know, the ACC doesn't have to worry about that. ESPN certainly has has the majority of it, and whatever games ESPN doesn't pick up, now you can catch on the CW. In an age where you're fighting for viewership and eyeballs, the last thing you want to do is cut off the casual ones. Your heart. It's the only one you have. Fortunately, you also have a choice. Expert cardiologists, talented surgeons, highly skilled specialists, all of whom chose WakeMed. Why? The main reason is the same reason patients choose WakeMed. Everything you need for the best possible care is right here. Learn more at WakeMed.org. WakeMed Heart and Vascular Physicians. Your heart, your choice. So I mentioned earlier today to you, Brian Murphy, about uh, the Fanny Awards that Lewis and I did yesterday. Yeah. Our Fannies. The Fannies are great, by the way. The inaugural Fannies. (laughs) So I want to kind of give you a little bit of a rundown of who our winners were for the Fannies. All right. I want to make some – I'm just – I have not heard these categories. So I, I will throw out some quick guesses. And then you tell me who, who won. So we had categories best game, best team, best coach, best moment, moment we want to forget, male athlete, female athlete, shocking moment, best rivalry game, and best experience. Wow. Best sporting experience from this year. Uh, so best game, Lewis and I both went App State U, uh, UNC football. So, again, this is over the last 365 days. Right. That was a terrific game. App State UNC football was an absolute banger. Best team, we both went Carolina Hurricanes. Makes Great. sense. Straight I, I don't know. We are talking triangle, right? So, Wake well, Forest. Well, we're talking the state of North Carolina. Wake Forest baseball? That was up there as well. We went – that that was a close one, but we went the, the, the state of North Carolina as a whole. That one was up there. We did go best coach Rob Brindamore. That makes sense. Team second best team in the NA, in the NHL the regular season got all the way to the Eastern Conference Finals. So again, there's some some tough ones here. Uh, best coach, I, I even throw out there Carol Lawson at Duke had a great season. I can't remember Wake Forest baseball coach off the top of my head, uh, but Trey Oliver, NC Central football coach, uh, was also a nominee in there as well. Best moment, uh, Lewis had NC Central beating Jackson State in the Celebration Bowl. Uh, to to win the HBCU national championship, my best moment was the Panthers trading up to number one to get Bryce Young. Uh, that was my best moment. We want to forget he had Duke versus Tennessee in the NCAA tournament, uh, just because it, it felt like that wasn't the best version of Duke basketball that we saw this season. Uh, I know Mitchell was out in that game because of injury. Uh, me, it was that Canes four overtime game against the Florida <laughs> Panthers in the Stanley Cup Easter Conference Finals in Game One. It was a memorable night. I want to forget it for the fact of how long it was and the fact that the Canes lost, but it was an absolute banger not, of a game. Not quite a moment, but how about the entire UNC men's basketball season? Well, that's that's different. <laughs> that, well, yeah, that, well, there, well, yes, <laughs> season to forget. <laughs> Now, male athlete, Lewis went Drake May. I actually went Davius Richards down uh, NC Central quarterback as my male athlete. I also almost went Brennan O'Neill, Duke men's lacrosse, because not only did he win the Tawartan for best player in the nation, 
also was the leading goal scorer for Team USA, the only collegiate player to make it to Team USA in the World Championships that were just played this past weekend, uh, this past week uh, out in San Diego, led the U.S. in goals in the gold medal game against Canada. I, I would throw out two others. Sure. Uh, Rhett Lauder. Oh, yeah, Rhett Lauder. For Wake Forest. Yeah. And then Walker Jenkins, who is a prep mm. star out of South Brunswick, just went number five That's overall true. in the Major League Baseball draft. We mostly we stuck it with college, sure. college and pro. A female athlete, I went Celeste Taylor, Duke women's basketball, first team all ACC and ACC defensive player of the year. He uh, Lewis went uh, Caitlin Tuey from NC State yeah. cross country, and she uh, was the ACC the female, female athlete, athlete of, of the year. year. So I mean, great selection there. Shocking moment, he went with uh, DJ Moore when he threw his helmet in that game against the Falcons. <laughs> uh, what was set up for a potentially game-winning PAT, but that that was his moment. Me was ECU missing kicks versus NC State in week one of the college football season. Those The, the missed PAT off the upright and then the missed field goal at the end of the game, uh, what, that to me was just shocking. I was standing on the field right there at the goalposts uh, when that happened. It was to me, that was most shocking moment. How about most shocking moment? The Charlotte Hornets selecting Brandon Miller over Scoot Henderson. Nah, I wasn't shocked by that. Well, Hugo was pretty shocked by that. I wasn't shocked by it. <laughs> yeah, uh, it wasn't quite shocking. That may end up being the, the worst decision of the year. We'll see. Uh, best rivalry game? I had NC State football versus UNC football at Keenan, that double overtime game. Lewis had NC State UNC women's basketball at Reynolds. That game was a that game was a really yeah. good one too. So in terms of rivalry game in the state of North Carolina, those were our best ones and best sports experience was the stadium series. Yeah, and I I was going to mention the North Wilkesboro race. Oh yeah, okay, that's a good one too. Uh, but the stadium series was the stadium series. Yeah, was, was terrific. But yeah, to expand it out a little bit beyond the triangle, that North Wilkesboro race was apparently you know off the charts as well. So that's a recap of our fannies. Uh, if you want to check out our fannies on YouTube, it's on ninety nine nine the fans YouTube page. Uh, make sure you download and subscribe, subscribe to that as well. Leave comments, hit the likes and all that as well. A lot of great other nominees that I'm just thinking of because mm -hmm. I, I just heard about this, but but best moment, App State hosts college game day and then wins that game yeah. on a 53-yard hail Mary. That one was up there too. Trust me, there's a, when you look back at the last 365 days in the state of North Carolina and the world of sports, there was a lot of great stuff out there. And those, it was, so it was fun for us to kind of go back and rethink and relive some of those things a little bit yesterday. Uh, but those are our fannies. It's out there on YouTube. Are you ready for the big game? At The Designery, we can help you arrange your kitchen in the perfect way to feed everyone coming over for the big game. I'm Dana Merrill, the owner of The Designery in North Raleigh. And I am True Merrill. The Designery grand opening, we're scheduled to open May 16th and do our grand opening party then. We're going to be catering some food. We're doing some giveaways. We have a VR headset, an Echo Show, some kitchen gadgets, and some fancy knives. 12 to 2 p.m. Please stop by our showroom, 3030 Wake Forest Road. That's The Designery at thedesignery.com. Did you know that your unused medications could end up in the wrong hands? It's important to keep your medication secure in a locked location, such as a locking box or locking cabinet. When it's time to dispose of them, safety and properly dispose of old, expired, or unused meds by using an at-home disposal product or a medication disposal box in your community. Don't miss out on medication take-back events happening near you. Don't let anyone take what's yours. Lock your meds. Be aware. Don't share. Learn more at lockyourmeds.org nc. Luis Fernandez and I went through our Fannies Awards yesterday. It's on 99.9 The Fans' YouTube page. Go in the comments and let us know your, what you think in terms of who the winners should be you know, for the different categories that we have posted there. If it's the same as ours, it's fine. If they're different, share it. 
Go into the comments. That's what we, let us let us know what you're thinking and feeling, people. Let us know. Listen, next year we need to we need to make this a little more official. Yeah, no, we really do. Actually. We need to have a ballot. We need to get some 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 nominations. Yeah, we can do this. We can definitely make this happen. For yeah, sure. like I want I want the podium. I want the whole <laughs> deal. Now, something that we might actually see, something that uh, I know has been taking place, has been um, in the world of entertainment, has been the writers' strike. I know that's been something that's been going on for for quite a while. So. There's a union that that writers are part of, uh, whether it's from movies, television, whatever it might be, even from like daily talk shows, for example, um, like The Tonight Show, Jimmy Fallon, those kinds of things. They have writers on their show. Well, there's they're on strike right now, so that's why we actually haven't seen any of those those nighttime, those primetime night shows. We haven't seen new content or new shows. They're just re-airing stuff. Same thing Saturday Night Live. But now you pointed out to me, Brian, I didn't know this. I guess the actors are going on strike with them? Yeah, now the actors are on strike as of today. Uh, that's The writer's strike is in its 73rd day, so more yeah. than two months. And now the actors, both television and and uh, and movie actors, are on stay, are on strike because they couldn't reach an agreement uh, between their union and, and you know, the 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 management um there a bunch of acronyms. production companies yeah, yeah yeah the hulus and apples and 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 you name it universals the the people who are in charge of these shows and so how does this affect us well one you're not going to have as many entertainment options uh in the fall no because there are no actors and there are no writers that makes it awfully difficult to put on a television show yeah. unless stuff's already been filmed and is in the can and it's ready to go and so what you're going to see is a lot of sports like Networks are going to try to fill with extra sports because mm -hmm. uh, they've already paid for it in most cases. They don't have to pay a writer. They don't have to pay actors. Uh, and sports is happening all the time. So you may see more games get moved to ABC or more games get moved to NBC in order to fill some of this programming. Yeah, and something to keep in mind when it comes to this as well is that primetime viewership is a big thing, right? So who who's to say that we don't see, like you said, more – NBA games on ABC or or things like that. I know, being the the movie and nerd that I am, we've seen, for example, like the Marvel Cinematic Universe. We we've seen stuff already get pushed out, like pushed back in terms of release dates for movies and things like that. So this stuff is already like happening because of this. So this is not just a current thing that we might oh it's this fall it might bleed into another year from now. Depending on how long the strike takes place, because then once you, once these strikes are over, when things end, then you got to get back into production. You got to get back into the writers' room. That stuff just takes time, right? Uh, and again, you're sitting there for, you know, like I said, seventy three days of a writer strike. Yeah, this might this might be a while, and yeah, the sports world might benefit from it. I know us as consumers, so people like to watch movies and things like that. I know a lot of these, for example, theaters and other platforms that. Hey, you know what? The content that people subscribe to to watch our stuff, well, if that stuff's not available out there, usually that creates a little bit more urgency and things get done. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, there was a big writer strike. I learned this watching the, the American Gladiators documentary. Yeah. One of the reasons American Gladiators actually made it to the air was there was a writer strike. There was a strike, and they were looking for programming to put on mm -hmm. that didn't require writers, that didn't require... Uh, you know, they didn't have to pay anyone to write the show. Yeah. So I think we'll see more reality programming. I think we'll see more sports. Um, 
I just watched the Wham documentary on oh yeah on Netflix and it was which was highly entertaining. I really enjoyed it. It was quick and went fast. Um, you, know, I think you're going to see more documentaries, things like that, things that are don't require sort of original writing, don't require actors. Um, it's it will be very interesting as people pay for lots and lots of these subscription services. Do they decide, hey, I'm not getting, I'm not getting enough value out of it because it's all reruns or it's all things I've seen before. And and does sports get get a little boost from that? You know that Monday Night Football is going to be on. You know Sunday Night Football. You know there'll be tons of college games on on Thursdays and Fridays and Saturdays. Yeah, like it's very predictable. Do you see more NBA games get moved? Do you see NHL games get moved to ABC as ABC looks to fill? What are we going to put on every night? You know, in all honesty, when you get the the Thursday or the like the Wednesday Maction games, right? <laughs> right. Well, for example, maybe that ESPN two game when we talked to David Ware. That ESPN two game, that Tuesday game between App State and uh, and Coastal, it's supposed to be on ESPN two. Who says it doesn't get bumped up to ESPN proper? Because whatever's supposed to be on ESPN proper that night gets bumped up to ABC. Right. I, I mean, that's a legit thing to really think about. Which it's more exposure for the for the sports in terms of the athletes and the and the and the programs and all that stuff. So it's more exposure for sports in that world. But what's going to help the ACC? I know we only got a couple minutes here left. Uh, the ACC. Some of their third-tier games in the past, for example, uh, when NC State played Charleston Southern this last this past season, that game was on Bally Sports. That was a, it's a as opposed to ABC or ESPN or even ACC Network. Those games are no longer going to be on Bally Sports. They're going to be on the CW. Insert your jokes about the, the Flash. And Ask Arrow, your daughter. Supergirl, Ask your whatever. daughter what the CW. Hey, you is. know what? I know what the CW <laughs> is, Brian Murphy. I watched all nine seasons of The Flash. Okay, and all eight seasons of Arrow. But those those the CW that's on YouTube TV. It's on Hulu. It's over the air. It's on Spectrum. It's on all these platforms. So if you've cut the cord, but you still want to watch some of those basketball games and football games, it's going to be easier to watch on the CW as opposed to on Bally Sports. It's you don't have to you don't have to dig and search for it. It's going to make things easier, which helps us as consumers. Yeah, these are 13 football games, so about one a week uh, that doesn't get picked up by but all the other contracts that, mm-hmm. that the ACC has will be on the CW. I could see the North Carolina State VMI game yeah. uh, being being one of the games that, that will appear on the CW. Um, interesting that uh, there be, may be another player in sports. CW is, is rumored to possibly be involved with the Pac-12. Yeah. Maybe they're looking to create a little football programming on Saturdays to go along with, with some of the other programming they have. Of course, Live Golf mm-hmm. is on the CW. So, you know, I, to me, way better than Bally's. Oh, yeah. And I think this is going to be an issue moving forward. We have not heard what's going to happen, but does Bally's continue to broadcast Carolina Hurricanes games? Mm. That's a great question that I do not have an answer to. Yeah, right. Bally's has stopped making payments in some markets. Like, they've cut loose the – the San Diego Padres, for example. Yeah. Um, and they let the teams like, hey, low, like no obligation. You go find, you can go do your own thing. Even some cases are like, take the equipment. <laughs> they really have. It's like, take the equipment, find a place to broadcast it. Yeah. And that has not happened yet with, with uh, Bally Sports South. Uh, I know the Braves are a pretty good property for them. And they have picked and choose. They have cut some teams loose in, in, in other markets where their contract maybe is working for them. Bally's has continued to make their payments and continue to keep the contract. I, that is a major, major development to watch this offseason. What happens with Bally's and as it relates to the Carolina Hurricanes? Can we get Canes on the CW? Can we get Hurricanes on, on WRL? Hey, you know what? Put them on Fox 50. 
I'll be for a that. game of the week to me would be an ideal solution for the Carolina Hurricanes. If you put a game of the week on on Fox Fifty or WRL to get more exposure in this market, which is really you know Hurricanes crazy at the moment for a team that could win the Stanley Cup, I think that would be a, a good business move. Jake, I'm getting worried. My house hunt's taking longer than expected. We've made so many offers and keep losing out. You could really use the JAG Advantage. What's the JAG Advantage? The Jim Allen Group, number one real estate team in the state since 1996 with the largest inventory of home sites in the Triangle, 11,000. And they rep more than 65 communities. The Jim Allen Group? Oh, I get it. The JAG Advantage. Score with the Jim Allen Group at thejagadvantage.com. Equal housing opportunity.